Hey everybody, welcome to the Balance Boss Podcast. I am your host, Lauren Zeller, and today's guest is a very special guest, Mike Zeller. Mike is known as one of the top entrepreneur mentors and business architects in the world. He has had a hand in starting or owning 15 plus businesses across multiple industries, including technology, real estate, fashion, digital marketing, and high level entrepreneur masterminds and coaching. His love for travel takes him on an average of five countries per year to stimulate creativity, create renewal, and enjoy a life full of adventure. At his core, Mike is the most passionate about helping entrepreneurs and thought leaders gain clarity on their zone of genius while unleashing their potential to make money and impact. Through that process, they also learn how to design their businesses around their strengths and live a life of fulfillment. He currently leads a high-level mastermind, which I am a part of, for entrepreneurs hungry to step more into their zone of genius who want to find and identify their core 4% client that will bring them 64% of their revenue. I am so honored to have Mike here to talk to us today on the Balance Boss Podcast. You're going to love his energy and everything he brings to the table. Without further ado, let's jump right in. Welcome to the Balanced Boss Podcast where we discuss how to live abundantly in all areas of your life. Here is your host and work-life balance coach, Lauren Zola. Mike, welcome to the show. Excited to be here, Lauren. This is uh, uh, going to be a special moment because we have almost the exact same last name. So I know. So for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. So crazy that we're, so, we're like off by what? One letter? Yes, yes, exactly. So yeah. wild. So Mike, we always begin the Balance Boss podcast with an intention setting. And I know that this is right up your alley. So I'm actually going to leave it to you to set an intention for the show today. So how do you want the listeners to feel as they listen? Or what do you want them to take away as a result of our time together today? Great question. I love how you begin your show with this. And thanks for giving me the opportunity to share. I would say... I want them to walk away feeling more confident, more certain, more inspired, more in eager anticipation of the potential that they have within them coming true. The power Mm -hmm. of belief can radically shift your life. And I want to believe in, in the greatness of whoever is listening to this. I love it. Love it so much. I know that you have done so many things <laughs> in your bio <laughs> yes. in and of itself is so extensive. And I love that you set the intention for belief and really believing that you can do really whatever you want for yourself if you have that, that strong belief in yourself. So can you tell us a little about how your belief led you to do the million things that you have done <laughs> up <laughs> until now? Can you tell us your story? Yeah. So I would say Tony Robbins uh, had a, had a small part in that for sure. Um, my first experiences with Tony helped me anchor in a deeper state of belief in myself. And then you know I've started at this point I've started fifteen plus businesses or been uh, investor in another probably five as well. So you know in the early stages of of in, I, organizational starts. So. You know, I've been in six or seven different industries and I've succeeded a good bit or a good bit and then I've failed a good bit as well. So I've learned so much, but I I would say I originally got started um, seriously as an entrepreneur in my early 30s. I'm 41 now. So about nine years ago, 
when I came back from a mini sabbatical, uh, I took six weeks, did the Tim Ferriss four hour work week experience, went to Buenos Aires, um, even did a couple tango sessions and <laughs> realized I'm never going to freaking learn tango. And so it was so hard. Um, but I came back and I started three or four new businesses the next year. And uh, in the midst of that, you know, I started realizing, hey, I've, I've got something here that I can figure out and be more than at the time I was just investing in real estate and buying real estate and selling real estate. And then all of a sudden, you know, I've got three or four other businesses and I realized, hey, I can do some, create some magic in, in this. And uh, some of those businesses grew. One of them grew to do about 25 million, 30 million a, a year in sales. And that was a, a car dealership. And, uh, and we also gave away cars to single mothers in need, gave away almost $300,000 worth of cars to single mothers in need during my course of ownership. And um, as time went on, I just started also getting asked to uh, coach and mentor people. And that was about five years ago. And eventually I was getting so much uh, requests from uh, people wanting mentorship in their business and their career journey uh, from high performers. And I was like, you know what, I got to figure out how to make this a business as well and, and make it worthwhile for my time. Uh, so I kind of started, started with a little, uh, little mastermind and, and uh, had one one-on-one -on -one client that was pretty active. But then I, I started with a small mastermind retreat and love that and uh, just kind of grown from there. Wow, amazing. So I know that, you know, kind of what you didn't really dive into and what I'm really interested in knowing is the failures that mm -hmm. really got you to where you are. I mean, I know for me, some of the, the biggest moments of growth in my business as a coach have been from falling flat on my face. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested in knowing in all of these endeavors that you've kind of navigated your way through, was failure a big component of being able to kind of step into what was next for you? hundred percent. So when I was in my early twenties, I read a book called failing forward and I adopted that as my mentality. And then also that old IBM story of in the, in the middle of the great depression, this executive comes to Thomas Watson, the founder of IBM, and says, hey, uh, Mr. Watson, here's my resignation. I know I just lost the company a million-dollar sale when it was in, in the books, and I'm so, so sorry. I know my time is up here, um, and it was a critical time. Like They needed that million dollars, and Mr. Watson turns to the to young executive and says, John, we just spent a million dollars on your education you're not fired. You're not done. Get back out there, knock them down. And, and so I adopted that mentality around failure. So that became part of my mindset of like failing forward. Michael Jordan said, Hey, you miss every shot you don't take. Um, that type deal. I remember seeing that on a, on a poster in college and applying it to my dating life at the time. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'll just go up to any random girl and ask her out. And more often than not, I got a, at least got a phone number. So <laughs> it worked. Um, uh, bad haircut and all, but uh, um, that was my high school days. But then I started applying at the business. And, and so even now, like I've had, you know, I had to shut down my marketing agency um, that I, with the team that I loved in, in 2019. I 
um man that was a that was a sad one of my saddest moments letting them go fortunately i had another buddy taking over their salaries and basically they were they were sidestepping but they were no longer working for me and um and so you know I, I saw it as a gift, but I, I didn't feel and know what the gift was because I, I grieved um, mm. for that because I loved the staff. I love what we had built and, um, and I couldn't figure out for like three years, I couldn't figure out how to make this agency model work, like make real profit. And, and I, you know, I lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in that experiment. Um, but I learned marketing from it and learned, uh, how to build a brand. I ended up being CMO for another company because of that experience. Um, and my mastermind, my own coaching brand grew out of that. So it, it was a gift, mm -hmm. but, um, if I look at that, I look at, you know, when, uh, with a car dealership, we, it was called province auto group. We had built it into the highest rated car dealership in Nashville. Um, and we had this amazing social mission component, but one year we, we had our best, our record income year after we had almost lost the business the previous year, have a record income year. Then we make, make a, one key strategic decision that I knew I was against, but I, I was like one out of nine people on the leadership team. Um, and it was me and two other business owners and good friends of mine, love them, but we made um, a bad decision uh, that basically started our unwinding and put us in, you know, went from a record income year to losing hundreds of thousands of dollars the next year. Because, it, you know, when you, the bigger the business you run, um, the easier it is to lose money too. And we had, you know, at my peak, I had 55 employees in four different businesses. And, you know, I, I saw all those things as a gift. I even knew in the midst of the trials that the painful experiences back to that failing forward, back to that Thomas Watson moment. I was like, man, th these are gifts that are going to pave the way for my true success. Yeah. Like Henry, Henry Ford didn't look at Henry Ford actually started Cadillac, but he got kicked out and he failed. And then he had to declare bankruptcy. He didn't look back and say, you know what? Ah, that sucks. My life was a failure because I <laughs> lost Cadillac. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, it's so important to talk about too, with everything that's going on in the world right now. I mean, people are admits crisis and I don't know if you've noticed this, you know, in your own practice, but I've had several people come through my practice who are just paralyzed. They've mm -hmm. been through crisis and they're paralyzed. And so what I think is so beautiful about what you really brought to the table was that there is a grieving, like there, there's, a, there's a grievance period. You have to yeah. grieve. You have to grieve when there's crisis, but I'd be interested in know in knowing like, yes, take that moment to grieve, but then what? Like, what's that mm. next step that you t take out of that grieving process to really get yourself to come out on the other side? Yeah. I, first, I would say a great question and 100%. Um, next step is, is ideate almost like mind map and just throw out a few ideas, a few things that might make sense for you, but then don't just sit on the ideas. Um, you got to take action and move forward and test. It's kind of like, Hey, in, in science, you can't really 
test something unless you actually truly experiment. You run an experiment. So treat your, you got to move forward and test something, not just let it be an idea. And I think sometimes in today's world, we're afraid of trying stuff, afraid of experimentation. Um, if, you, if you find yourself in over-analysis or paralysis analysis and you're not moving forward, so just freaking get out of the boat and, and make that next step, whatever it is. Like there's, when your body is moving, it's like when you go on a walk, ideas flow because you're, you're moving somewhere. It might not be where you want to go. But at least you're moving and you get to figure out, hey, this is right or this is wrong. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's that universal law, right? That objects in motion stay in motion mm-hmm. and objects at rest stay at rest. I think it's, exactly. it's really important to remember that. But on the, so let's talk about something else too on the other side of the coin because there are something else that I've noticed is even if you're in crisis and let's say that you pivot and you start to find success there's almost the other, the other end of the spectrum of people who want to continue to grow and they want mm-hmm. to continue to change, but they reach this place of, of plateauing and feeling like they're in this stagnation mm-hmm. place in their business and their life. Do you feel like it's the same, the same process, like really going back to the ideation stage to really look at what is that next step and then taking action? Is it just a a continuous cycle for someone who's in that space? Yeah. I think when they, they reach or reach almost a stage of comfort or security, then, and sometimes, you know, we get lulled into sleep. Like I've, I've seen guys and girls that are just afraid to make decisions um, cause they're comfortable and they don't want to disrupt the status quo and, and they're not ready to make that next big leap in investment or, but what happens is like, I've had clients that when they started working with me, they were at the same exact income level for four or nine years. Yeah. And it, no wonder, like if you're not investing yourself and not making those leaps, or you're blaming other people. It's also one thing if someone says, hey, I I signed up for this, I did that, this person didn't work, that person didn't work, that program sucked, whatever. Well, where's your responsibility? Maybe you didn't work the program. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so true. Well, and I think too, it's important, you know, what you just brought up about having a mentor um, or having, I mean, you're known as, you know, one of the top entrepreneurial mentors out there. And I think it's it's important to know, at least for me, what really made that huge leap in my business. Whenever I get to a place where I feel like I have plateaued or I feel like mm-hmm. I don't, I'm out of creative ideas, I always tap into, okay, who is where I want to go and how can I tap into them? How can I get new, fresh ideas and how can I see mm-hmm. things differently? And that's the power of having a mentor and of having a coach and, and doing that. Do you have a recommendation for how someone can really find that mentor or find that coach that resonates with them? Because to be truthful, I mean, there's coaches aren't for every single person out there, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm a firm believer that you need to pick a coach and a mentor that you really resonate with. So do you have a process for that? Yeah. um, Good question. I think there's, uh, you t- your heart or your body knows as well. Um, you know, that's why in lie detecting test, they test the body. They don't test your words or your eyes. 
they're testing what's your what's your pulse doing and um so your body it's almost like your body is the ultimate truth teller so you have this sense and this feeling if you're attuned to your body so as you're thinking about working with this person or that person or that program um see where your heart and your body is drawing you and then does that person reflect or what you're wanting now that person can they give it to you yeah. you know like I, there's certain elements of Tony Robbins life that I don't want. Right. Right. But there's certain elements that I do. So I'm going to filter out the things that I don't want and get the things that I do. Um, so you don't have to have perfectly align with every single thing about a coach, but another great thing about it, coaching and mentorships and masterminds and, and like, man, they are going to call you out. If you don't have someone there that's going to call you to your greatness you know, even the greatest athletes of our time, Michael Jordan and, uh, you know, sadly, Kobe Bryant, you know, they had Phil Jackson to call them out. They had great teammates to call them out. They had people right. that were bringing forth their greatness. If you're really committed to being great and you have no one around you calling you to your greatness, I don't know what, what you're smoking. You're not going to do you're not gonna be <laughs> as great as you think you're going to be. You're going to waste. Yeah. yeah so yeah, it's, it's, it's very true. What else do you think that people should look for when it comes to hiring a coach or joining a mastermind? I know that masterminds are, there's, there's so many of them, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like really, it's really hard to find one. And I'm a firm believer that there are different masterminds for different stages of your life and different yeah. stages of your business. Um, is there any kind of advice that you have around what you should be looking for since you are so heavily involved in the mastermind world? What, and maybe we, let's maybe take that a step back even further mm -hmm. for, for people that don't understand what a mastermind is. Let's maybe talk about that first and then we mm -hmm. can, and then transition into what you really should look for when joining a mastermind. Yeah. So mastermind originally comes from Napoleon Hill who wrote about it in Think and Grow Rich. And when he studied 500 of the world's most successful people, Henry Ford being one of them, Henry Ford didn't hit his, his pathway of success until he joined Thomas Edison's mastermind. So mm -hmm. that's when he catapulted in his forties, Henry Ford was 43. Um, when he really catapulted, started catapulting. He went from being bankrupt to being the world's wealthiest man by, by his 60s, largely because of the connections, relationship, and the belief that he got from guys like Thomas Edison, Harvey Firestone, Carnegie's, Rockefellers, those type guys that he got connected to that just changed his world, you know, the bigger players in his, uh, in his day. So um, for me, a mastermind, there are virtual masterminds that are effective and powerful, but far and away, the most impactful mastermind experience is actually in person. That's where you develop like real friendships. Mm -hmm. You get that real transference of belief. And, and I don't like the ones that are 100 people. Um, to me, a mastermind ideally should be less than 30 people, 30 people or less, yeah. you know, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. Just the intimacy. You gotta really right. you me see. And the massive groups, you're you're just in a smaller conference. Hmm. That help it definitely helps. I think that it's easy to and I, I have my own, you know, personal story with being in a mastermind and they are so they're so powerful when they are smaller. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when there really is that intimate group of people that is really 
they're showing up and they're supporting Mm -hmm. one another and they're challenging one another. And they're, you know, really asking for everyone to step up to the plate and gain valuable knowledge from one another. So Mm -hmm. thank you for breaking that down. Cause I know that Mm -hmm. we haven't actually had anybody come on to the balance boss to talk about masterminds. So it's, it's been my favorite growth mechanism that I've seen transform me, but also be so powerful for others. I'm curious what, maybe offline if it's more appropriate, but I'm curious what your mastermind experience was like as well. Yeah. So my mastermind experience was a failing experience. My first mastermind experience was a failed experience um, where I, I had a coach who created a mastermind who wasn't ready to lead a mastermind uh, is, is yeah. really what is what happened there. And yeah. so, um, which happens often in the coaching community, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think, and so that was kind of my first, that was my first experience with a mastermind, which did, it was a learning experience, right? Because it really showed me what I needed out mm-hmm. of a mastermind. And it had me get really clear on what I was looking for when I did step in to my next mastermind. So since we're talking about failure and how to kind of get get past that, I think I need really needed to shine that light on um, the first mastermind I attended. The second one that I was a part of um, was the smart business mastermind with Adam Flores, who is a rock star. So wonderful. I knew that I was in a place in my business where I really needed to scale from a paid advertising standpoint. So I wanted to join a mastermind where I was going to learn from an expert in the paid advertising space to understand Mm -hmm. how to utilize paid advertising to scale my business. Cause that's Mm -hmm. where I was at that time. And because I, I found that clarity of exactly what I needed and was really kind of honed in on what that looked like. The mastermind was a complete success Mm, because, because I was clear there, but, um, it wasn't, I wasn't, there. And I only, I only got there through failing Mm -hmm. the time before, but I think that's masterminds are fantastic for where you want to go with your business. You know, now in my business, I'm looking for more exposure and, you know, I'm looking to scale by building a team and doing things that are kind of next level up. And so now I'll start to look for people that are there that I can surround myself with in a mastermind in that way. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Well, it's going to be fun to see you grow. Yeah. I'm going to be growing with you. Yes, I know. I'm very excited. So this is one of my favorite questions to ask on the Balance Boss podcast, only because it, the answers range all over the place. And it's so cool to see people who are really tapped into their dream, who are high achievers, who are really committed to impacting other people's lives, kind of what they do on a day-to-day basis to keep them grounded. So I'm interested in knowing what are your non-negotiable self-care items that you do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis that keep you grounded both at home, but also at work. Mm. I'm going to add one for yearly too. Um, So daily, uh, definitely I'm reading. uh, I'm actually end my day and start my day in airplane mode. So no one can reach me, my mom, my brother, clients, whatever, even my wife. If I'm out of town, she cannot reach me. <laughs> so <laughs> I love it. 
uh, told her when we were dating, I was like, babe, here's the reality, you know, just in the great, you know, in the wild west, when Americans were expanding, <laughs> husbands would be gone for like three months and you would never, you wouldn't even know if they were alive. They wouldn't be able to get mail. So we can go in 24 hours sometimes or whatever. And she didn't like that as much. She's like, what if I, what if I get in a car wreck? What? I'm like, what am I going to do if I'm out of town and you're in a car wreck? Why are you calling it's me? It's so true. Call so a true. freaking ambulance. Like, <laughs> so, it's so true. Yeah. So uh, now she gets it. And now she goes airplane mode too herself. So yeah, um, yeah. But uh, and so airplane mode, then I go into reading and studying and do some meditation and visualization. I've got 10 desires that I've written in powerful present tense that I've visualized. Um, pretty much I saw everything. those on your Instagram, by the way, and I, I took a screenshot of them. Yeah. Just full disclosure. Love it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Good. So, you know, and that helps me anchor to where I want to go. Is it, so one of the beautiful things, why you want to go airplane mode is because you got to take control of your life. Like there's three core human desires. Once you, once you get your basic human needs met, there's, there's um, uh, mastery, there's purpose, and there's autonomy. But the problem is, is when we flip our phones on and when we start reacting to the day, when we jump in our email inbox, when we do all these other things, we've, we've just handed over the keys and said to the rest of the world, dry, give, give me your overwhelm, give me your energy, give me your fear, give me your anxiety. I want to feel overwhelmed. I'm letting yeah. you take control of my life. So mm -hmm. that's why I'm so big on that. Like doing that is really huge. Um, I take one full day off a week of unplugged. Just, you know, I'm not checking email. I'm not doing work stuff, not taking work calls, um, a play day. You know, it's usually Saturday or Sunday. One of the other days I'll do like maybe a little creative work and some extra reading or something like that. And, and um, you know, workouts, three to four workouts. Um, uh, I create rhythms. During, energy management is really important to me. So I create rhythms during even my regular day. So I'm not just grind through from eight to six or something. Lunch break, I might read some ESPN or I might do have a little play. I might have five minutes to relax. And, and, you know, so I create moments every 90 to 180 minutes or so every, you know, one and a half to three hours. Um, and then one of my biggest things is I like to take one out of town trip a month. And then once a year, I want to get outside of the country and live in one of the world's 50 most beautiful places for at least a month. Love it. So, and this year we're going to, we're in Charleston right now and got out of Nashville and then we're off to Ireland and Florence. So we're actually going to do two trips. This mm, year. Beautiful. So amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was very refreshing. <laughs> I'm glad to hear. Yeah. So Mike, where can people find you if they want to catch up with you, if they want to see what's next? Can you kind of plug yourself a little bit if yeah. people want to follow along in your world? Yeah, great. Um, MikeZeller.com uh, is my website. And then Michael R. Zeller is my Instagram and Facebook is Michael Zeller, same as LinkedIn. And then I have a new book coming out uh, that's very relevant for anyone going through a trial or a challenge right now. It's called Twice Born. 
how a crisis can remake you. So that's going to be twicebornbook.com. And we'll have some fun giveaways and things like that as that book launches in later this summer. So I uh, would love to connect with anyone and serve however I can and masterminds and all that have those available as well. Awesome. Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hopefully we can have you on again soon when that book releases. We can talk oh, more about yeah. that. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me on. It's been a, a pleasure. Thank you.